Welcome to the Developer Spotlight on the Full Dive Gaming Podcast. In the Developer Spotlight, we sit down with VR industry professionals. This week, Jay and Nat, we're sitting down with the notorious, the big deal, Scott Albright, CEO of Combat Waffle Studios, the creators of the game, you gotta know it, Ghosts of Tabor. Scott, not only thank you for bringing me to Orlando for your launch party, but thanks for coming on the show. Of course, man. Orlando was a blast. I'm glad you got to experience it. That was something else. I gotta say, I have never been to an event. It's weird to say this, but it was like a real game launch party this wasn't like some new vr game some new studio it was like a big deal yeah and that's sort of what we wanted we're like man like what what is vr missing besides like this genre of game it's like the activision cod launch parties like let's do that and mm-hmm. we were somehow able to pull it off and it was fantastic it was and full sell was amazing well we're saying thank you we got to of course thank the sponsor of our podcast asterian products they make vr and ar accessories they got headset stands mats you got to check them out on amazon and use code full dive 10 if you want to save another 10 percent off for people out there who haven't heard i don't know if that's possible but if they haven't heard of combat waffle studios or ghost of tabor tell us a little bit about how your studio started and what brought this game to vr what it's like for someone who hasn't heard of it sure yet. yeah the studio actually started last April 1st, um, 2022. And it was one of these things before I was a talent agent and manager in the LA area. Uh, I did not live in LA, but I worked remotely, had an office there. And I worked with a lot of different actors, actresses, athletes, uh, took them to Comic-Cons, managed their career. And, and before that, I was prior military and police. I've had like a really crazy career in 38 years. I've done a lot. I've seen a lot. And I, I got into VR gaming in 2019 as a flat screen gamer that was really big in the Tarkov. Played a lot of comp and CSGO at higher tier levels. Um, and after getting sucked into the world of Escape from Tarkov, I just said every day, why is this type of game not in VR? Like, mm-hmm. this game would just explode in VR. And I just kept waiting and waiting and waiting for, like, a studio. You know, all these studios that have been huge and pumping out these massive games to do this type of game. And I got tired of waiting. Like, that was really it. And I'm, I've been an entrepreneur since I was 16. And I've always been one of those people when you say, oh, you can't do that. I say, watch me do it. So I actually approached and talked to some devs to a good friend of mine, um, and the developers worked on Daisy Champions League. They told me like, oh, we're going to need $15 million and five years Oof. to make this. Oh, man. And I said, you're crazier <laughs> than hell. So I said, I'm going to do it in 11 months for this amount, which was a $1.2 million budget to start. And uh, we did it in 11 months under that budget. Nice. I'm just one of those people that are very military-minded and oriented and driven and and. and don't like to be told I can't do something. So that's how Combat Waffle started, uh, really. And I got introduced to our lead developer, Ray. Uh, there was a guy that used to work for us as a project manager, Tech uh, the General, who's big in Pavlov. He introduced me to Ray. I knew Property and Infish from The Leftovers, who I played contractors uh, with. And uh, it just exploded, man. And just it just went. And the ideas kept growing and gaining momentum and people and finding these unicorn developers that are still with the studio. And it's just... Here we are, like blown away. <laughs> yeah, it's been a wild ride. It's been quite a success already. I got to say real quick, I come from a military family, so yeah. thank you, oh, of course, obviously, yeah. for that. Uh, but I got to say, like Ghost of Tabor, it's on App Lab currently. It is considered early access. So it's hard to to navigate how well it's selling. But one thing that I looked up to figure out a little bit, you've got like 1,500 reviews on the game already, and it's been out for a month. Yeah. Bone Lab, which was like hugely successful, has about 6,000 reviews, and it's been out for like six months months how many months now yeah so you're kind of on track with like bone lab tell us what what you're allowed to tell us how has the success been what's it felt like launching this in early access i I can tell you that we (laughs) were approached by people that probably shouldn't have been approached but yet by now so and i can't really i'm under nda so i can't say a lot 
mm-hmm. uh, and we are signing contracts and, and our publisher is extremely happy. <laughs> Let's just <Nice>. say that. <laughs> I bet. But it, it's great. We have, I think, like 1,500 reviews on Steam and I think 1,500 on Meta. And for me, the success of a game, especially in early access, Meta's great in App Lab. If you're in App Lab, people get it. There are bugs. There are problems. They're going to leave a majority of positive reviews. But on Steam, they do not care. They are ruthless. <laughs> and we're in the positive. So, and that to me Good. says, okay, we're doing something right. The success, I don't like to let it sink in of what, because I know what we've sold and what we've done and how many people are playing the game. And we're going to be able to release that next month once we get permission. I just can't tonight, unfortunately. You know, I, I just, I'm just a normal dude that puts my pants on one leg at a time. Um, and I try to instill these values in my team because I have been homeless and in a car and I have been rich, like, well, very, very well off. Uh, doing my agent job. And I left that to come here uh, to start this studio. And I just try to remain normal headed and just remember like where I come from and what my dad taught me and my grand, my grandparents taught me, my great grandfather. And this, this long list of people that shaped me, including my drill sergeants in the military going through basic training that molded me into a person. And I, I think the, the biggest thing that my team, which I, I love everything about them because they all have managed to stay humble. And I, I think that's where you see a lot of people go off the path is they start getting this this momentum behind them and then they're just they're, they, their head gets big and you just can't let that happen you have to remember that today it's great but tomorrow sales could cease to exist and you could be broken working at walmart in two months you don't you don't know what's going to happen always good to keep that in mind for sure while enjoying the success <laughs> I, I do enjoy it. i wanted to talk a little bit about the game mechanics so i have not done a lot of shooting in real life but mostly like pistols a little bit i am kind of afraid of the bigger guns because of like you know the kickback and sure. so mostly just pistols in real life and so but i did find when i was working with the pistols in the game it was very realistic to real life. I'm like, wow, I know how to do this because it's just how you would do it in real life. Cool. And so I really liked that. And I think it's easier if you know, you know, if you've used a gun before, you can really easily get into the game because it's just how it works in real life. Sure. How much work went into creating the realistic mechanics for each of the different guns? Months. So really it came down to myself and one of the developers, Elijah, he goes by McHayton in game. So if you get killed by McCayton, know that's a staff guy. <laughs> and then also our 3D modeler, uh, Husky, who's, we call the mad Russian. He's our one Russian employee and he's a psychopath because he's, he's Russian. It's <laughs> a joke. I've shot or own almost every gun that you see in the game. And I showed it last night on QTC. I have two gun safes sitting right here and started pulling out some crazy weapons for them to see. <laughs> and everything from the M1A down to the MP5 is in that gun safe. And I've spent countless hours in my military uh, experience with these guns. And, and it really, when people that have shot guns like you and can come back and say, wow, this felt real. I know that the, the, the months and the seven days a week and the 16-hour days of t- tuning these guns, it, it really worked. And, and Controlled Pairs, who's, I think everybody knows who Controlled Pairs is, he's a ranger. Same here. And, and to get his, and he was in the military like me, and, and to get his sign off on it too, that to me was huge. Because we put a lot of time into going to the range, shooting the range. Even our gun sounds, we just partnered with a company that record, that goes up and sets up 3D spatial audio and shoots. Mm, that is another thing I really noticed that yeah. the sound, and again, I haven't shot a lot of different kinds of guns, but just, you know, with the pistol, I'm like, wow, this really sounds too yeah. like it sounds. <laughs> and we've got more sounds to do. So some of them have the new sounds. They're still recording a bunch of sounds. And there's around, I lost count of 70 guns in game. 
you all haven't even seen like a small little portion of them, including RPGs that are still to come. So like Ooh. we have RPGs and flamethrowers coming too. So it's like we've put Ooh. a lot of time into it and we're we're super excited that people like the gunplay. I know there's some back and forth about the weight of the weapons that people are like, eh, but I'm 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 in VR. Get it, but we don't want and I've tried to explain it, we don't want Pavlov snap flick shot snipers. We're not going for that. But yeah, the, a lot of hours, a lot of time, a lot of love, a lot of punching the desk over and over when the sway and the bob wasn't working the way you wanted it to. Yeah, you could definitely see all the work that went into it. Thanks. Sure. Appreciate that. Your game gets compared a lot to Escape from Tarkov, obviously. Daisy, we talked about that. But for our listeners who have just never heard of it, what do you tell people when you meet someone in the street or at a party and they say, well, what is this game you're working on? How do you explain this game to them? <laughs> I, I literally ask them, have you played Escape from Tarkov? Like, that's the <laughs> easiest way to explain it. It, it really is. It, it's I, I like to call it the most realistic VR game that you could play. And I know it, it's got a long way to go, but I feel like just with the, the real world mechanics and all the physics that we're trying to add, and listen, Alec, Half-Life Alex is a hard one to beat when it comes to physics, mm-hmm. but I think they did a lot of amazing things and I think they did a lot of things wrong. And we're an indie studio trying to do everything right and we're doing a lot of things wrong too, right? Uh, but I feel like the easiest way to explain it is we try to be Escape from Tarkov in VR. We are happy to claim that title and to say that we are and people are like, oh, well, you stole your logo from Tarkov. The logo has changed 60%. <laughs> I'm just joking. Just enough. Just enough, right? <laughs> Marketing did its job, right? You knew that this logo was supposed to be Tarkov. We want to be known as the VR Tarkov. So really, that's the easiest way to explain the game. We are Escape from Tarkov in VR. Most of the team is Tarkov players. We've taken what we love about Tarkov and put it in the game. And what we hate about what Tarkov did, we've changed to what we thought would be better. Nice. Love it. If you haven't played Tarkov, you haven't heard of it. Basically, this is a milsim type shooter. It sets you in in the real world, but you can either go in, you're going in solo, you're going in squads. You are basically out scavenging and trying to find your survival supplies to then go in. But the game uses a big mechanic of sound in it. And if your mic is hot or if you're moving around, you're opening your backpack, people could be listening for you and they're hunting you down. They want those supplies in your backpack. So you have to go in, get the best supplies you can and get out alive so you can take them back to your base and then move on into future missions. And that's kind of a very simple rundown because the game has a lot more coming to it, too. A lot. And something that I really like about the game, because unlike Half-Life Alex, it does more than just shows your hands. You have your entire body is in the game. Don't how see that hard, a lot in VR games. No. How, how hard is it to do that? And why is it hardly any other games ever do it? I don't know why no one really does it. I don't really know. And it's honestly not hard to do it all. And maybe what you see is, I feel like with VR, and this is not an insult to any developer. Every I think every VR game is, is amazing. But I think VR is such a young thing and it's sort of like you know pc gaming back in the late 90s when i first got a cable modem in my house back in like 1999 it's very malleable we're still molding it to be what it is and i think a lot of devs that come over are still very young in their careers so i think when it comes to optimization and things like that which even we're having problems with optimization and having to work on it every single day for quest 2 because quest 2 is not real easy to make Mm. games for yeah i think you see them remove the bodies so they can put those draws and resources in other things. Mm. But I think if you can find a great 3D modeler, then you can make that happen. So the, the bodies that you see even in the game now will be completely different in the next month 
those are going away. You won't even see that character anymore because we're heading down like the character customization route. So everything about the character, it's just a placeholder. uh, And that's what it was always planned to be. But I wish more games would do full body. Like Veil does full body very well as well. Also, trying to think, Breachers does full body. I've seen that they started to do that. I don't know if they even have the option to be hands only. Arizona Sunshine. But then when other people are walking around, it looks so hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) IK is hard. Full body IK is hard, especially in a multiplayer game. And and I I feel like Mm -hmm. that's why. And you see 90% of VR games are solo play. Just because yeah. full body mechanic, getting good IK and spending months to dial it in is very, very hard. I wanted to talk about the tutorial because I am notorious for missing instructions and in tutorials or like somehow fully skipping the tutorial because I walked too far and I didn't notice that there was on screen text or something like that. So I really liked the tutorial and Ghost of Tabort because it wasn't just like text on the screen or like you have to go to exactly the right place to make sure you get everything. Um, there's like a very clear, there's a person there. Someone is talking to you. There's a visual. So I really appreciated that as a person that just wants to get into it and sometimes skips on ahead. So how did you decide to go with this model for your tutorial? Was there any extra effort involved in that? Was it harder to do than like some of the typical tutorials? Honestly, the worst part of creating that tutorial was having to listen to proper every time you went into the (laughs) tutorial to make sure something was right. I love Duncan. Duncan, I got to spend a week with Duncan of the launch party. He flew to my house, stayed with me for a week, and then we went to the launch party. He's one of the owners of the company now. And I feel like his persona that he's giving off wearing that doctor's coat is just something cool. And we like to make the joke internally, like, your parents are finally proud that you're a doctor because he's got a coat. And because he he was supposed to be a psychologist and he never, he didn't finish school. He wanted to be a content creator instead. (laughs) It was supposed to be a very different tutorial more linear. And we still toy around with the idea of making it a more linear model because some people do skip stations and then they're opening support tickets and calling me at 3am from the steam support number. Like, legit, yeah, I had to change the number on there. But I think Duncan is proper D who everybody knows and loves is really what makes the tutorial what it is without him. It would just be so boring and plain and everyone would skip it. Now, mm-hmm. I do agree we need to add a mute proper D button in your settings so he stops <laughs> talking to you, and so does the rest of the team, and even proper D does. So I think I think um, that's the next step for the tutorial. Maybe a little more linear and change some things up, but I really like the way it flows now and gives you freedom to go back yeah. and do things and not have to run the whole thing over and over. Yes, I really like that too because sometimes I don't want to just you know stay in the station or do, do it linear, linearly like it wants you to. It's nice to be able to like go back and forth. I enjoyed that. I thought it was nice. I like someone talking to me. So I like that part. <laughs> and he's got a great British accent. I mean, what's what's to complain yes, about, right? It works. It goes smoothest it goes voice nice on the planet. It. So great. Such a nice voice to listen to. <laughs> as long as you, you know, are actually learning, you don't already know all the stuff. Then I see how people will be like, OK, mute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the worst. And it's more of a developer thing that we're just like, oh, can we please shut you up? Like, and we're just sitting there pounding the keyboard and we added it right. and we yeah. didn't push it. We you had to pull it, it back. So many times. Oh God. 
welcome to the tutorial level. It's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, I'm glad you enjoy it. It's definitely one of the better done ones. And I got mm. to de- I got to meet actually a bunch of your team also when I was in Orlando, which was really cool. But something I didn't realize you actually talked about up on the stage. Your team is all over the world. Yeah. You just said earlier in the podcast, you're getting an office, but some people are going to come there, not all of them. What do you think in the world of development? Is that an advantage to have them everywhere? Is it a disadvantage because you can't just walk over to their desk and be like, hey, fix this? What is that like? You know, it's it's shown its advantages like very strongly, but it's also shown some disadvantages because I think that we would still have several very skilled people that if we were in an office setting. So what we do every day as a team is we're in Discord in a voice chat all day long. And we have a bot uh, that, that Enfish made where you can create your own private room if you click on it. It's sort of like in our main Discord where you can create personal channels. And we're there to help each other and talk to each other every day. We have meetings on Mondays and Fridays, first thing to open and close the day. And we're there with each other from eight in the morning some days to midnight some days. And I, I feel I feel like, yeah, I go through a lot of batteries. I feel like the we would have had some very skilled and talented people that just were not good at communication would still be there if we were in an office setting. And it's really one of the biggest things because even when we're working and we're not communicating about work, we're all still just talking and having fun and having that that water cooler talk that you would really miss in an office. And, and, and we're super inappropriate and it's amazing. And we get to just be, say whatever we want. No one gets offended. And, and it's an amazing work environment. It's very military-like. And that, that's what I tried to instill was that that sense of a brotherhood and a family into the company from, a, from day one. And I, I don't know, I see the advantages of an office. So we are we are going to open up a small office with maybe just like six offices in it for now um, in a conference room. But it's 2023, and I think if COVID taught us anything, we can work remotely. Like we've had mm-hmm, the technology for, for years. Sure. You know, instead of having a giant building that's going to cost me twenty thousand dollars a month, like we we just proved in eleven months that you can make a video game fully remote. You don't need an office space. We're just getting one for the people that want that. They want mm-hmm, that environment. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason we're doing it. Like I said, like in this video, I'm in my garage, like. Elijah and all these other developers like Husky's in the middle of his living room on a computer and you can hear his girlfriend in the background while he's Russian. You can hear Russian TV shows in the background like and no <laughs> one cares. And then Bash is in Ohio and you can hear his two cockatiels squawking all day long. So he has, oh to, he has to mute himself constantly when he talks. You're <laughs> <laughs> and it's amazing because I don't think we could we could we could never be this free in an office environment. That's awesome. I love that. And you get, you know, people from all different places. So I think that really brings it kind of opens it up for different, you know. Yeah. I mean we've got perspectives and stuff. So we've got Romania, Singapore, Spain, mm-hmm. Russia, Ohio, Kentucky, Florida, Michigan, hopefully soon Utah. Like we're everywhere. So, nice. Uh, oh, and then Enfish is from Denmark, but right now he lives in Barbados, and now he's getting ready to go to Cambodia and live for oh, a wow. year. Like he, he's a digital nomad. He doesn't have a country anymore. So he, he's just bouncing around wherever he can get fiber internet at and just going to live. So <laughs> Nice. It's, it's crazy. That's awesome. I've only played the solo version of the game because I'm scared of co-op in case I do bad. And then people are like, you're terrible. <laughs> or, and I've heard of all, you know, all these other co-op games, especially like shooter games mm-hmm. where, you know, people can be really mean and terrible. So it can be. Yeah. Tell us about the differences between the solo and the co-op modes and which one is your personal favorite. I, I've always been a solo player since Tarkov because I always got team killed and I would prefer. Uh... <laughs> yeah. 
I just prefer to play solo. I think most of the devs like Ray and Elijah will get on and do some duos, do duo runs, but I stay solo. I prefer not to get shot in the back. I know, I know like Soul BC plays with short stack a lot and short stack is always killing his freaking teammates. Always. No. He's always killing them. Like, I don't know how Z and them do it, but short stack is the number one TKer in our game. And I cannot wait to show that stat on his, uh, his stats page soon. So nice. yeah, I, I prefer solos. I feel like with solo, I'm, and I, if I'm looting and running around and I hear a noise, I know for sure it's a bad guy. I know for mm-hmm. sure it's someone else. If I got a friend, I don't have to worry about somebody being a mouth breather on their mic and not muting it like on my team. <laughs> you know, I, I get to, just to go in and I, I like to go into mm-hmm. the, the silo and the darkness with my, my nods and just be a rat and just run around and just pick people off when they're looting and say things to them like, hey, buddy. And then they turn around and get shot in the head. Like, that's my favorite thing on the planet to do. <laughs> that was another thing that was kind of fun, which sounds terrible to say. Like, just breaking the people's necks. Oh, neck. the Phoenix like- necks, yeah. You know, that was so random. <laughs> so we were working on, like, a, a Saturday, and it was, like, 6 p.m. on a Saturday. I'm like, hey, Reynaldo, my lead developer. I'm like, hey, Ray, you will know, be super cool. Can I snap Phoenix's neck? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> The next morning, I wake up and say, hey, look what I did. And he just made it to where you get snapped these guys' necks. Now, what you didn't get to see, um, because it was an alpha, was when you snapped their neck and they didn't die. And their head just did this as they chased you, shooting at you. Oh, my God. And it was like a freaking <laughs> horror video as they're oh just doing God. this. And you couldn't kill them by snapping their neck again. And if you didn't have a gun, you oh, were screwed. No. It was great. It was great. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, man, I feel a little bit uh, psycho being like, woohoo, I'm going to go break all these people's necks. That's amazing. <laughs> I, I think it's the coolest thing in VR. I think that's one of the coolest things you can do in a VR game is walk up and it's cool. Yeah, there's too often VR we get stuck on either it's a melee game yeah. or it's a shooter. Yeah. It's like if, I, if I'm if i down mm. a mag and why can't I just punch somebody? Why can't I just hit somebody in a game? Have that moment to like give me – stun them and get – get my gun ready that's, or something. And, and, so. and I think that's cool. You'll enjoy what's coming then because you're going to have it where you can butt stroke people mm-hmm. with your weapons. If yes. you find like nice. a, you find a, a heavy object you can pick up in the environment, like maybe a rock, you can hit people with it. Like all of that yes. is on the way. Like, thank, <laughs> thanks to our new dev spoon who came over from swordsman VR. He's one of their lead devs and we just hired him Great away. Game. So. That's that's awesome. And speaking of what's to come, I know a lot of times you can't talk about a lot of this, so just give us whatever you can. But you started on App Lab. That's a big deal to even get to App Lab Ooh. first. But everybody wants to make it to the Meta Store. The Meta Store is where it's at. Everybody says, what does the journey look like to get there? Or what can you tell us? You know, really, the, the journey's freaking hard, man. Like the VRCs they have in place for App Lab are already pretty difficult for a new dev team that have never published a game on Meta. And it was us. Were you at the the launch party thing on Friday night around the fire pit? Yep. Yep. When the announcement actually came we in. We found out yeah, Friday night at fire pit. This was mm-hmm. on Friday. We launched on Monday to App Lab. We found out on Friday that we made it on App Lab. Like we were still fighting back and forth with them for weeks, like fixing things, like small little bug things they would find. And this, this was our last chance or we weren't going to make it and it would be months. It would be delayed. So, I mean, like we, we made it. So the VRCs are not hard and, and honestly, so we're working with meta in a capacity. Now they did not acquire the studio. Uh, we are working with them in some type of capacity, but you know, they, they've been amazing to work with and they're super helpful and, and they, they do give you the tools when you figure out how to use them to make sure that you succeed. So so really, if I had to give mm-hmm. any starting dev like any information, look into the Oculus Start program 
and try to get to be a part of that. That is a, a program for newer devs where they can get into a Discord with meta engineers and other new game developers and show off their work and, and get help on how to do things. That, it's really and, – and I just now discovered this program after we've already been on. We weren't, we weren't a part of it, but I just discovered it. And it's amazing. It's a real, and there's a lot of cool games on there that just get buried in App Lab, and mm. I and they just never see the light of day. We were just really lucky that we saw the light of day. I mean, it was it was a fifty fifty chance, right? Like we had no idea what was going to happen, so we had no idea. Yeah. It sounds like working with Meta has been challenging but nice. What about the other platforms, and has it been challenging, or what's come up when making this game accessible on other platforms? And we, I saw. It's coming to PSVR 2 in a couple months. How is that? Because I, I feel like PSVR 2 is always, or PSVR in general, is always kind of like later because of yeah they're things. they're pretty you know they're like meta they 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 have their they have their criteria and you have to meet that criteria and because they don't want you to put out part of my friends shit product on their platform mm-hmm. and I get it completely but they've been awesome. Spoon is the one working on that port over. He did Swordsman for PSVR 1 and 2. So he knows mm. he knows everything that we have to do to achieve what we need. But they've been great. Steam, it's, they're fantastic. Steam Steam was great. It was super easy, uh, especially a PC VR game. It's always easy. They very rarely nice. do. Getting the assets right more for the store page was harder than anything else to make sure it was, to get those <laughs> approved. Pico has been very, very challenging. Uh, mm. We were in talks with Pico for months since last July. Their Pico oh, 3, wow. we actually got uh, when it was still dubbed Codename Phoenix. Like we had it when it still before it was wow. even released. So it was back then when we got a headset to get it running on Pico. And we are still talking to Pico through our publisher to try to get on the Pico store. And it's literally just a lot of back and forth. But they have a lot of uh, similar things like VRCs and stuff that you have to get through and pass, which again, completely understand and, and you should have to get through these things. I don't know who YVR. That's a Chinese headset. They reached out to us. We're publisher. Publisher's really talking to everybody now. I don't have to do that anymore. So, but everyone that I had to personally work with before the publisher was absolutely fantastic. Nice. And Meta was challenging, Good. but I can tell you when you when you finally the challenge wasn't Meta doing anything just to be mean or spiteful. It was just because they care about the quality that's going to go on there, so they don't have to. You know, they don't they don't want crap games on their main store and and we're working towards going to the store now we're working on those vrcs now with them directly through our publisher and and some other avenues and um it's it's a cool process and they have a lot going for them and they have a lot of tools for you to use and i highly Mm. as a as an indie developer take advantage of what you can get your hands on meta ultimately wants what you're doing and that's more good vr games that are going to satisfy the masses you know the crowds want these kinds of games and i truly believe ghost of tabor has been such a, such a success not only because it w- is a good well done game but because the the landscape is starving for these kinds of games mm. yeah mm-hmm. one thing that i have to bring up though a game that just launched that is also a kind of game we're starving is breachers Love how it. do you feel has that has that affected you guys at all has more people found you has it taken some of your audience what do you feel about it you know we haven't really noticed an audience dip mm-hmm. we're still pulling thousands of people concurrently every day and our server bill is as high as ever from Amazon. It's 
I, I honestly, I want Breachers to be the newest 5v5 that it can be. I, I've been in full support of Breachers and Geronimo since I found out about them. Like, and I think mm-hmm. I've tweeted about them a couple times directly to them. Like, help us change the VR scene. Like, bring the yes. heat, please. Please bring the heat and make us work harder. I want someone to challenge me. And, and Breachers is a fantastic game. It's super polished. Triangle Factory is a proven studio that's done an amazing knockout job on this title, too. They come with years of experience of making VR optimized quest games. And you can tell they, they, they bring the heat every single game they produce. I, I really hope it continues to grow and explode as a, as a former contractors player before they changed the, the recoil and contractors and, and, in my opinion, screwed the game up by doing such. Mm-hmm. I want to see Breachers be the top 5v5 on the market. I want it to knock out Pavlov. I want it to be better than any 5v5 esports comp game there is out yet before them. I, and honestly, man, I mean, it's we need that game. We need Breachers. As much mm-hmm. as you need Ghost of Tabor, you need Breachers. And you need Geronimo. Mm-hmm. And you need the next 20 games after that that are going to come in and try to shake up the industry. Like, VR, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a baby. Like, we need it. We need mm-hmm. these creative geniuses to come and give us everything they have. The industry is, we're finally getting to that point where it's like we're getting good game after good game mm-hmm. instead of it being two or three yeah. years apart. Once like, oh, here's right. finally the next game. But I yeah. love your perspective there because it's something that I actually say in content creation a lot. We're not competitors. We all have the same goal. Yeah. And yeah. when I look at my YouTube channel, I get tons of viewers that come over from Get Hip. I get tons that yeah. come over from Thrill Seeker. People finding their content brings them to my content. Yeah. When someone buys breachers and they get tired of breachers in several mm-hmm. months, they might find Ghost of Tabor exactly. and vice versa. Vice versa. We're yeah. working and that's, together. That's why I've tried to tweet about them as much as possible. And and even one of their lead devs sent me a DM. And I, I need to find the DM. I've been so busy because he's, he's like, hey, man, congratulations on the launch of Ghost of Tabor. <laughs> like, wow. And I couldn't believe that they sent me a private DM on Discord. Like, Triangle Factory messaged me. Like, who am I? Like for these guys that, that, you know, that I played their games before, like, thanks. Like, wow, I'm astonished. And we've talked about it and joked about it. And people are like, oh, Ghost of Board Game of the Year. I'm like, no, Breachers. Breachers is the one game that I think right now that can beat us out to be Game of the Year at the awards in November. And, and honestly, I feel like they deserve it. Mm-hmm. As great as I think our game is, like, I would not be disappointed if sitting there at that show and they said Breachers, would, I would go up and give them a big hug and a smack on the ass and tell them congratulations. <laughs> I love the the family feel. You know, VR, we all got to support each other because we're still we're still growing. So I, I, I agree. Awesome. And I think I think the people that need to support each other, are the ones that have have shown that they want to, not the ones that have stepped on others to get into a higher spot. Mm-hmm. And there are studios that have done that. And now if it didn't work out and they're begging for you to work with them, those are not the people you work with. Right. Mm-hmm. Leave those people in the dust. They 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 made their bed. Focus on these yeah. new guys coming up, especially Geronimo. If you haven't seen Geronimo by Dark Matter Studios, whoo, ready or not in VR, it's going to be amazing. The old SWAT games in VR, it's going to be fantastic. So many exciting things yeah. coming up. Well, we've talked about a lot of things. It's been great chatting with you. Is there anything else we didn't cover that you'd like to share with our listeners? Anything coming up in the coming months? Coming months. Yeah, we're going to fix all the jank. Um, <laughs> which we started to do. Apparently, this last update, a lot of people have given us some feedback, said the game feels a lot different. But there's a lot of new systems coming up, individual player progression ranking, hideout progression. It's not going to be all unlocked mm. with key cards given to you. You're going to have to get a certain player level, then a certain level with traders and a certain amount of nice. money to get different rooms open. And crafting is coming. Uh, there's a lot. Crafting. There's a lot. I've even today, and the team didn't know it, and I teased it in our Discord, so I'll talk about it. I in our hideout, 
or in a bunker, if you go back to the second room and you look right, there's like a, another gray door you couldn't open. You used to say Trader Room 2 on it or something. That's gone in the new update, the next update we do. And it says no wipe. And I've created an end goal. So in Tarkov, you have like this thing called a Kappa container. And after you reach max level traders in the top rank and a certain amount of money, you can get a container that's larger to keep all your stuff in when you're in raids. People can't take. I said, well, what if we do a Kappa container, but then it's forever after you hit a certain rank and a certain amount of money and all your trader XP are all bumped all the way up. And we give you a small room with a gun wall, a shelf, and a, a tactical waifu as York calls it, and a, an armor locker, and whatever you put in that room never leaves your inventory, even between wipes. So, and that's that's like a super grindy thing. It's gonna be really, really hard to get, and that's several months away. But new save systems coming. There's so much that the guys are working on every single day. The character models, new map streets, the, our our um our Prague map. So it's based off the city of Prague. That's coming. Hopefully, we're going to get one or two people from Downpour that were let go from in the meta layoffs. So we've been talking, nice. trying to bring a lot of these people on and make sure they stay employed These because a lot of talent out there floating around. And um, mm, yeah, for sure. I'm just excited about our future and where we go and just thankful for what we have and just try to remember that it could be done tomorrow. Love yep. it. <laughs> Humble, but excited. <laughs> Live it up while there's time. Well, of course, if you're listening out there watching, there's going to be links, descriptions, and show notes for all this so you can check out what's going on with Ghost of Tabor. Again, Scott, absolute thank you. Thanks for Orlando. Thanks for being here today. It's been amazing getting to know you. Yeah, you too, brother. I appreciate you coming out. And the next Orlando, which isn't far away, we'll make sure we bring you out again. Nat too. We're going to do another thing with some creators. So it should be a good time. Back in full cell. Oh, my God. I cannot wait. Well, hey, if you're out there and you're listening to this podcast, remember, if you want to see Scott's garage with the, all the cool memorabilia that's behind him, come check out the it YouTube. Cool. We're over here there, too. But, of course, if you're watching us on YouTube and you need more full dive on the go, we're on every major podcast platform. If you've been thinking about VR for a while and you're like, oh, it didn't have the right game. It didn't have Tarkov. Well, guess what? It's got it. So it's finally time. Get a VR headset and dive on in. Dive on in. Dive on in.